nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing Welcome to uh, San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. My name is Harry. Uh, we got a, a full table tonight. So we'll, we'll start with uh, Rafa. How are you? Pretty good. How are you? Doing well here. I've seen you've already been out to some scrimmages already here. Uh, hopefully you're staying warm with the uh, cold for San Antonio. Yeah, last night was real chilly there at Benson Stadium. So <laughs> I broke out the, the Eskimo jacket. The parka. Yeah, my big <laughs> Welcome. How are you? I'm all right. Um, just waiting for signings and waiting for next season. Job situations kind of calmed down or still super crazy? It's insane. I've been dumb busy. I actually have a really big deadline tomorrow. I need to get to work at like five or six in the morning because <laughs> I have a major project due and I was supposed to try to finish it um, on a. Uh, Friday, but my kid had his Christmas program, so that didn't happen. So <laughs> we're gonna have fun tomorrow. Jonathan, how are you? Welcome. Doing all right. Thanks for having me on. As usual, uh, it's been I think three weeks since I almost three weeks since I last recorded a podcast, which is the most since May that I've been without one. So uh, hopefully, I didn't get too rusty this last few weeks. So you're not on the Mark Bay schedule of the of Striker Texas there? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like riding a bike. <laughs> so uh, this show is going to be kind of a little bit different. We're going to kind of hit year in review, uh, high school, uh, college, uh, the semi-pro, and then finishing up with San Antonio FC. Uh, we'll touch base on some of the news that's kind of happened uh, around the area. We'll do a little bit of holiday ideas and then a quick look at 2022 um, along those lines here. So getting started, uh, this is going to be into Rafa's wheelhouse here. Uh, so the uh, high school year in review, uh, we had state champions out of uh, Bernie Greyhounds uh, for the 4A boys. Uh, the 5A girls, Dripping Springs. 6A boys, uh, Lee was able to kind of finish it. Uh, TMI uh, was Division Two and TAP state champs, and then uh, a couple other teams fell just short. Uh, Central Catholic lost in the semis, as well as Antonian, and uh, for the TAPs. And then D3, uh, Church John Paul II uh, finished runner-up in both the boys and the girls. So, uh, kind of you know, without going too much uh, in detail, Rafa, kind of your thoughts on. Last year's uh, high school season that, uh, you know, happened, what, May? I think it ended up late. Uh, April. I think it was May, April, May time frame. It was uh, April. Here. Yeah, you know, well, I guess the one thing you can reflect back on is Lee got the job done. Mm -hmm. and I think they were cheated out 
or from the PKs and then the 2020 season disaster with the COVID and, you know, you, you know, they were, they were all, since the beginning of the season, you know, they had one setback with Vandergriff early in the season. They were on a mission to win and, and they, and they just, they, they wanted it that bad and, and they took care of business and got that star on their Jersey. So, you know, kudos to them. And, and another one is like, we didn't get to talk about too much was the Bernie champion Greyhound. I mean, the Bernie, Bernie Greyhounds. Mm-hmm. Nobody expected them. They weren't. I don't think they were their favorite to win state, and Mm-mm. somehow they they got it got it together. They made that run in the playoffs and brought back the, some some hardware back to Bernie. I think Dripping Springs are a solid team, but you know going up against the the powerhouses and the DFW area, um, I think that one was. I think that was a little bit of a surprise as well. Correct. Yeah, but you you got to look at when you watch Dripping Springs play. I mean, this you know, from the, so the live streams, they had a really good defense. They won with defense, and they won those real close one-zero games. And you know, kudos to them. And and you know, I did get to see them, which I'll talk about in a bit. I did get to see them this past this Friday, and I, I think those so be they're going to be one of the favorites coming in into this season. But like I said, kudos to them. They did a really good job. Like I said, they weren't expected as the favorite, but. They pulled everything off and got it together and got and brought back that that championship. So moving to the next level, UTSA, and they've had uh, a, a, they've had a year, I guess you can, you can just say, you know, with the football program uh, finishing what eleven and one uh, or twelve and uh, they're playing their fourteenth game, so twelve and one uh, for that here. They're going to be playing in a, a bowl game on Tuesday up in in Fort Worth at. Uh, Toyota Stadium, uh, but for speaking of the soccer scene, UTSA women's soccer and coach Derek Pittman uh, had an outstanding season. Uh, they got to the uh, CSUA post uh, CUSA postseason tournament for the first time. Uh, they beat North Texas in overtime, and then in the uh, semifinal round, and unfortunately lost to uh, Old Dominion University in overtime um, as well. So on the field, they had a good season. Um, I would say off the pitch, they're also having a great season because UTSA is going to invest in the Park West facilities. Uh, they're going to be doing a major addition to the existing Park West track and soccer field at the at the Park West campus. Uh, they're going to be building a 14,325 foot square foot, uh, 14,325 14, square foot facility, uh, which will offer a state of the art training room, locker rooms and meeting areas, because I guess that's one of the big. Uh, sticking point uh, is there's no locker rooms. Uh, you know, there's nice bathrooms, but no actual <coughs> locker rooms for uh, the athletes and, and to be able to have a training room and, and locker rooms, especially as they're heading to uh, the American Athletic Conference. Uh, that's going to probably help with recruiting a little bit more. Um, any thoughts, uh, Jonathan or Royce, on UTSA and, and the season that they had? I guess I'll go as well for Jonathan. Um, no, uh, so as far as the facilities um, go, uh, that's an exciting development for Park West for sure. Um, crap, I remember when the uh, athletic locker rooms were in the one building there um, just across from uh, um, the uh, Convocation Center. Um, that was it for everybody. Um, and that was kind of brutal, and they were super old facilities but now you have the race center which is an amazing center um top of the line 
Absolutely. Um, and my facilities have come a long way at UTSA. It's great. It's great to see. One day they'll put some money into the flipping bird bath and we'll make UTSA baseball a lot better. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, convocation centers, it's just, it's the historic convocation center. It's still, it has its charm, but charm only goes so no, it far. Doesn't. It doesn't, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Um, for, that's my biggest thing against UTSA is, is the basketball arena. Have you seen the price of tuition? Have you seen how far you have to park when you go to school there? <laughs> Those are much more concerning than the convocation center. Um, but no, the facility is coming a long way. Um, it's, it's exciting to watch. And then UTSA soccer, I mean, even when I went to school, they just, they were almost there. They've They've been almost there. They've been on the cusp of of uh just being super successful for god i don't want to say it but nearly 20 years um and it's 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 great to see the success finally come around especially in a you know a, a higher um, conference than they've ever um, competed in and i know uh jonathan you're a, a graduate of texas state here um I was trying to see how they did here. This year here. Yeah, I was going to say, as a Texas State grad, I don't even know if I'm allowed to acknowledge uh, anything <laughs> positive coming out of UTSA. Um, and uh, honestly, like, I don't even follow college soccer that closely, I'll I'll admit. Um, I think at one point earlier this year, I looked at, you know, eh, maybe I can keep an eye on it for the striker. And I looked and there were more than 10 teams locally, if you count, you know, all the different schools mm -hmm. and the different teams. And I was like, I'm not going to try. <laughs> if something really stands out, maybe I'll grab onto it. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't keep a close enough eye on it, honestly. Well, so. We had, we had Trinity, a &M. UIW, Olu, A&M San Antonio is going to start a program, UTSA. Oh, they actually did yeah. start the program already. Did they? Well, there you go. Yeah, but they're already, already looking for a coach. <laughs> you just It was just one and done. Mm -hmm. So they're actually looking for a new coach. Rafa, <clears throat> your resume? Uh, so, huh? You putting your resume in, Rafa? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we also have to mention this as well here. Just, you know, uh, you know, uh, UTSA also reached a tier one uh, research institution this uh, this uh, this past week, which from my understanding is a really big deal. I don't understand it, but uh, I know it was on every newscast and, you know, both sports and just general there. So I'm assuming that means they can bring in more money uh, for the research side and more money. So, yeah, when, when I went to school, they were, they've basically been chasing this for a long time to be tier one. Um, when I went to school, so I went to school from 06, 07 through 11 or 12. Um, that's all they were trying to chase. I mean, I had professors, honest, I'll be honest with you, I had professors that weren't professors. They were there to do uh, academic research and they're just kind of there to babysit the class. Uh, but you get that a lot. Um and it was it was trying. Um, they were they brought in a lot of super impressive people, um, and it's finally paying off for them. And what it's going to pay off for is it's going to be money for research. All that money you don't just use on the research; you can use that to build facilities. And as much as the facilities build, and when the academics grow, the athletics grow. And so it's exciting for um, just all points. 
for UTSA. That's um, and apparently Baylor. Apparently, the two Texas schools that gained Tier One status mm -hmm. this year were UTSA and Baylor. That's been around forever. So that's kind of surprised Baylor wasn't because uh, Baylor's a, from my understanding, a, a top tier top tier school. Um, just because they have top yeah just because they have top tier money doesn't mean it's a top tier <laughs> school different things i.e trump university except they didn't have any money did they so yeah i guess that was a problem so moving on to the athenians uh they had a very successful um year they finished in the semis of the national uh, UWS uh, playoffs here where they lost to uh, the uh, the eventual champions, um, uh, what is it, Santa Clarita Blue Heat uh, in the semifinals. And then, you know, uh, the Blue Heat, uh, Santa, you know, Santa Clarita Blue Heat uh, ended up winning the uh, final against uh, Connecticut Fusion. Uh, the Athenians lost 4-0 to the Blue Heat, uh, you know, and uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, for Connecticut, they lost 5-0. Uh, that uh, Santa Clarita Blue Heat team was just on a different level. The the twins that they had, just the talent that they had, it, it just, you know, because I watched the first match uh, in the national semifinals between Midwest United and Connecticut Fusion, and I was like, oh, the Athenians can actually win this. <laughs> and then uh, uh, the Blue Heat and, and the Athenians played, and, um, well, it wasn't that. So, Jonathan, you got to catch a, a, quite a few of the uh, Athenian games, my understanding, uh, when they weren't going up against uh, SAFC. Uh, your thoughts on the Athenians' uh, 2021 season? Yeah, I actually only got to go to one game and I think watched uh, some clips of one or two others. Uh, and then a couple times I'd go to my Kuju. I, I wouldn't have anything else to do. I'm like, oh, let me put the Athenians game on. Um, and I think it was usually when they were playing away, but it would either be you know, a, a really bad stream or a dysfunctional <laughs> stream. Um, but hey, that's what you get, you know, in, in semi-pro uh, soccer sport, sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's 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 fun. Yeah, my, I love in sports now. Um, but one thing I will say is that's, uh, even though they fell short, and I, I think it's also important to note, um, they made it to the national semifinal. They also were UWS Southwest champions. Mm -hmm. They they made it through those couple of games. Um beat uh, i don't remember the name of the team but a team that oh, had sorry, beaten them, yeah had beaten them earlier in the season uh so to exact mm. that revenge i'm sure was really nice for them um but this is a club that hasn't been able to string together two years of actually getting to play consecutively <laughs> uh, they were probably going to in 2020 but i don't need to tell you what happened to the world um so to cobble together a team yet again and have that kind of showing is really good. And uh, hopefully they can build on it next year. This, this would be the first time that they can ever string two consecutive seasons together. Um, but at the same time, as I'm talking about the benefit of continuity, hopefully you can get some players back, but you've already lost a head coach and technical director in this off season. So, uh, you know, two really important roles there that they're going to have to fill but if they can get some of those players back, obviously there's something to build on now. Hopefully they're able to next year. I think the big key for them, because uh, they moved over to Juventus uh, uh, facilities, and I think Juventus actually owns them, is they've got, they've got a stable place to play. And especially for lower league soccer at this level here, having that stable place to play makes it to where 
the odds of you coming back are, are much greater, much greater than before. So from everything that I've seen with the Athenians, you know, on social media, they've been still been active. I think they just had some tryouts or they got a camp for, uh, for winter camp here. So, um, barring something unforeseen, um, I think we can expect them to be back. Um, and, um, hopefully with a, a very competitive team that they had here, WPSL blossoms and surf, uh, and unfortunately, not a lot to talk about. You know, they, you know, they kind of struggled this season um, in the WPSL. So before we get to SAFC, uh, any other teams or programs that we need to mention? Um, Rafa, I know you you tend to uh, have a little bit greater grasp of uh, the local soccer uh, soccer scene here. Any 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 team that we're missing? You know, from the semi pro level. Um, I will say the San Antonio Surf, unfortunately, was just knocked out of the UPSL playoffs uh, this past weekend uh, to the Houston Dynamo Academy, I think it was. Uh, they have a team in there. Uh, they lost, I think it was 2-1 um, in, you know, in, in the final here to be able to qualify for uh, the UPSL national playoffs. So great season on the mid side for the UPSL side. But uh, any other teams you want to point out, uh, Rafa or anybody else? Uh, the runners, obviously, what they're going to do. Hopefully, they'll do in 2022. Like I said, they're they've been a contention in the last few years in the leagues they've been playing. They've always had great squads, and hopefully, they're going to say that. I know their goal is to get into the U.S. Open Cup. You know, we didn't have it this past year, but you know, they actually played in it, and they went over to was it Southwest over yeah. in El Paso, and they ended up losing uh, their bid to uh, qualify for. Uh, the Open Cup, you know, something that's a good point, though. We should probably check with Mason to see what kind of his plans are going for uh, the upcoming season here to see uh, if they're still going to be in the National Soccer League or, uh, you know, you know, what league you know, are, are they jumping into next. So San Antonio FC, just a, kind of a quick recap, and, and I'm sure the conversation will, will kind of expand from there. Uh, they finished second in the Mountain. In the playoffs, they beat uh, San Diego Loyal at home. They beat RGV at home in the playoffs. Went on the road and lost to OC and PKs uh, in the Western Conference Finals. Um, Orange County did end up winning the USL Championship uh, title over the Tampa Bay Rowdies in probably a pr in pretty convincing style. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Copa Tejas uh, will not talk about SAFC's performance. However, El Paso Locomotive won. Um, and you know, for the USL and FC Dallas, outlasted the other uh poor MLS uh Texas teams, they were they just won. the best loser. That's it, yep. Hate, hate to say really it. bad, really bad season by all three, very bad. And there was no open cup, so nothing to discuss along those lines here. So we'll start with you, Rafa. Your thoughts on SAFC uh for this last year? I, I guess you can sum it up, you know, we had. My expectations, you know, from last year going from the playoffs and then the, the the pieces we added, but then the injury bug took its its toll on us in the beginning. We we're a little frustrated and and finally like like Royce mentioned, you know, it finally once we got healthy it started things started clicking together and and we you know to to I mean we peaked at the right time as far as in October, you know, getting to the playoffs, getting some momentum and Knocking off Donovan's team and 
and then having the a big rivalry game for a in the second round playoff semifinal playoff was great too. So you know, oh, so yeah, good, we, wasn't it? Yeah, the the final, you know, the Western Conference final. I, I think we could have won that. I think we just Man. came a little flat. You know, who's to say? You know, if we win that one, we're not. Yeah. You know, we're not wearing our our championship sh- shirts <laughs> right now. So, but you know, kudos. I mean, it was a great season. You know, with all the adversity that we that the team went through, especially the injuries and so forth, to come out and, sh- and finish. You know, in the top four. It just just kudos to the staff and and also to the players you know they just did not quit and and that's what we want we don't want a team that's going to quit and it's going to fight to the end so so I'm, I'm proud of what they did this year and hopefully you know we'll continue on for next year to build on that your thoughts uh we'll go jonathan since you're next on the on the channel sure first i'll just briefly go back and touch on uh copa tejas obviously not exactly SAFC's year. We're not talking uh, about it, man. <laughs> I'm just going to say this. They finished last in 2021, but you know who finished last in 2019? El, El Paso. Paso. <laughs> who won it in 2021? El Paso. So if history repeats itself, that's a good sign for next season. Um, but Fair. reflecting yeah, reflecting on 2021, uh, it was, I think we could all agree, SAFC's new best season Um Prior to this year, I, I think it was still probably 2017, but this year uh, they built on the success of 2020 and kind of filled in some of the holes that were left, uh, maybe some of the ones that we saw toward the end of that 2020 season that caused them to lose momentum and go out early in the playoffs. Um, as Rafa was talking about, there were a lot of injuries. I, I think it was October was the first match where SAFC didn't have anyone on the injury report. Um, and at times yep. there were six or seven different guys. And particularly it was in that defense where uh, I numerous times have called it just a carousel of players because it was every week one center back was now injured and then he would get healthy and the other one would be out injured. And uh, that kind of goes along with SAFC trying to figure out their uh maybe not necessarily their style but like their exact formation and tactics maybe over the first few months uh and sometimes you don't necessarily have those players um but ultimately they sort of settled on the the 343 or later in the season a sort of 3322 um and it worked and they were able to establish a lot of consistency with the same lineup um and i i think not to repeat Rafa again, but when they got all the pieces together, when they had that rhythm, they really just caught fire at the right time. And um, it's disappointing that they weren't able to get past OC. I know that was a a difficult match and a difficult opponent, but uh, especially once you saw how the final went, how easily OC was able to capitalize off of Tampa Bay's mistakes. I was watching that game thinking SAFC could easily do this too. So now that I, I don't know how much we want to get into 2022 and the expectations, but uh, now yet. they've we'll, we'll do that a little bit later, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's 2021 laid a very positive foundation, um, but that also raises the bar now. Royce. Yeah. And I mean, I'm going to pick up on Jonathan's thing. Um, I think 2020 laid a foundation 2021 built on that. And hopefully we just keep going higher. Um, 
definitely unprecedented um, season with the injury, but like the last San Antonio FC team I remember having an injury bug that affected the performance was 2017. And that's when Billy Forbes started the season on fire, just hot as shit. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, he got hurt and then he just never found it for the rest of the season. Um, and we more or less limped into the playoffs. Um, but uh, we had that big win against Tulsa and who had the match winning penalty. Well, who won the match winning penalty it was Billy Forbes in the box. Um, and then, uh, that next season, um, Phoenix decided to, yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, um, but it was not just Phoenix. Let's no, no, fair. no, no, it wasn't. It, it was, it, it was kind of one of those things that, that happens. I think, I, I don't think Billy ever got healthy to be honest with you. I think he needed to stay out a little more, uh, work on him, work on his physical fitness. Um, and, uh, I, I just don't think he got healthy. I think this year he had a, a, a good season with uh, mm -hmm. Miami. This is not the Billy Forbes show. So let's stop this. Uh, but SAFC, um, it's unprecedented season, man. Um, it was, it was, very, I know it was very frustrating for a lot of y'all. Cause that's all I kept hearing. And all I kept saying was the same thing. Just wait till they get some time together on the field. Wait till they build chemistry. Wait until Marcina sees what's going on, evaluates, and decides on a formation. That was the big thing. Um, I mean, we went 4-4-2, We went so many formations just trying to figure something out, throwing stuff at a wall to see what sticks. Um, and sometimes it was an utter failure, i.e. the first uh, road game in um, – RGV and RGV was just awful, and it was awful because we're trying to figure stuff out. And that's back when uh, Connor was hurt, uh, PC was hurt for that game. Um, Liam Doyle was playing, uh, back. yeah. Uh, Gleedle wasn't healthy for that, like it was just wasn't playing. It, it, yeah, it was bad. So, I mean, you had to have one of your center backs as a, as a left back. And to help him out, you had Chris Lima try to come back and help him, which left the midfield wide open, which is right where. Uh, RGV parked their airplane and just scored two goals. So it was frustrating in the beginning and it was just um, a season of, of, of attrition with injuries um, from everybody. I mean, Patino, your, who was thought to be your, your best offensive producer was hurt for six months of the season uh, with the stress fracture uh, Dylan was out for a while. Uh, Nathan really picked up and did so well, incredibly well for the team. Um, luckily Epps, I don't think Epps was hurt all season, which is great. He was amazing. Uh, Gallegos wasn't available for the two first two months of the season from his, uh, mandatory quarantine from coming back from, uh, from, uh, Europe as well as an injury, mm -hmm. uh, that he, I don't think he got over until July or August. Um, PC was hurt for a while with that groin injury. Man, it was insane. Maloney was out for the longest time with who knows what. Man, it was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. The back line was hurt a lot uh, to the point where Varela popped his own shoulder in his own shoulder during the game to come back and play to finish off a win or a draw, whatever it was. It was insane, man. It, it, was, a it was a crazy season, but like I said, you're learning everything from it and it will get better. There, there is potential. And the big turning point in the season 
were the signings of Courtney Ford, uh, Mitchell Tainer, and Abu, Muhammad Abu, mm-hmm. with, who I would love to see back. Those are the three just incredible signings. And for the playoffs, um, just because the injury bug decided to not be done with us yet, Cardone goes down in the last damn game of the season. Um, just a gut punch. It was just a gut punch. That's all it was, a gut punch. Uh, and then we had to go sign um, Jordan, Jordan Barr Brown. on an emergency loan, and he ended up being probably the best goalie in the playoffs, if we're honest, um, which is insane to think about. Uh, those three saves that he had against OC, nuts. Absolutely nuts. Um, so it was a crazy season just throughout. Um, you had Lane and Donovan completely dogging us, and <laughs> we just went out there and just – Smack put up or shut, put up or shut up. Let's go. Um, art beating RGV, it should have been three nothing, but beating RGB three one in our house for you know, go for a trip to the conference final. It was amazing. It was an amazing season. It was frustrating. It was joy. It was just pure emotion the entire year, and it was great. Let's let's do it again. I'm, I'm my kid. I mean, I'll say this my kid is so excited about the team. Uh, every time I turn on my TV, he wants YouTube so we can just play all the videos on the San Antonio FC channel. <laughs> That's all he wants to watch. It's we're ready. We're in. Let's go. Let's start tomorrow. <clears throat> so mine's I'm gonna go, kind of go a different direction. Um, let's not forget the season. Well, we're still in it with the uh, coronavirus, but uh, the season started it in, in you know with restrictions and and, and seats things and. So I want to give my kudos to uh, the cell staff, the service staff, you know, the, the people that, you know, serve the drinks and the, you know, stuff along those lines, the field maintenance, you know, the, the security um, and all the conditions that we, you know, that, that were there. Uh, I thought that they did an outstanding seat, you know, outstanding job. And, and, and as far as, as far as overall, you know, from the previous seasons, I think they did a heck of a job, uh, you know, along those lines here, it matched the, you know, the performance on the pitch, you know, there, there are some minor quirks that of course, you know, I'm not shy about to, you know, uh, for that here, but, you know, Preston and Luis, when he was here, uh, let's not forget Luis got uh, a promotion up to uh, the U S national team uh, communications department. Preston's got promoted. I'm assuming it's a promotion uh, to, you know, within uh, San Antonio FC. So, and I know uh, they're hiring for uh, Preston's role in the social media uh, side there. So, uh, please hire somebody quick so we can get on to announcements and stuff. But, you know, we'll hold off on that yet. Uh, but to me, I, like I said here, on the field, you know, as the other three have kind of uh, talked about here, but I thought off off the pitch, I thought SAFC put out a great product um, altogether. The supporters, I thought, did a, you know, did a great job. Um, there were some moments in there where, you know, kind of raised a couple of eyebrows, but, you know, I think, you know, just with the environment that we're in with the coronavirus and everything, I, I thought everybody did. And hopefully we can build on that, uh, especially the playoff push here. So Royce, I'm going to come to you at us men's national team, uh, 2022 or 2021. Uh, that was very successful for them. Uh, they're in a comfortable position to qualify for the world cup, uh, which, it kicks off one year from yesterday, I believe. Uh, they're one point behind Canada. Uh, however, they beat Mexico three times, including two for trophies. 
uh, Rafa will follow after uh, Royce is done talking about the U.S. You can talk about Mexico, how you're third in qualifying, tied with Panama in the fourth <laughs> spot with 14 points. And, <laughs> Ouch. and uh, of course, uh, in the craziness of CONCACAF, Canada is the one that actually leads the group right now at 16 points, uh, U.S. at 15, and Panama and Mexico at 14 points. So, uh, Royce, uh, tell us on um, the U.S. men's national team and the women's uh, world. The women's World Cup wasn't – that was last year, right? 2019 was the women's World Cup. Okay, so it's not so much. Yep. Um, so I'm going to rewind. Let's pause on the U.S. stuff. Let's talk about another national team that had a huge game yesterday that unfortunately they ended up on the losing side of. Um, very proud to see Jasser Kamiri out there play for Tunisia in the Arab Cup, making it to the final um, this year in, in lieu of the Confederations Cup, considering the coronavirus. Instead, they had an Arab Cup in Qatar to um, kind of have a test run for the World Cup uh, next year. Um, from all, I, all I've seen, it's been uh, – well, you know what? I haven't really read too much into it if there are any issues. I doubt any issues are going to come out because it was kind of a closed area, so I guess they'll figure out their stuff. But the most important talking point is Jasser being out there with Tunisia and them going to the final. They beat mm -hmm. Egypt, who was a heavy favorite. They beat them one nothing and – Man, it was, it was a great run. Um, dude, Jasser, keep your head up. Man, that's super impressive. Um, hopefully, we see you return. Hopefully, he's one of the players that um, was quoted in the uh, SAFC press release as current, um, players from last season that are in contract negotiations. <laughs> so, we'll see. Um, but, man, that's it. it's so exciting to see um, a player, a prominent player for San Antonio FC, get a medal from FIFA. Um, it's crazy, um, but it happened. Um, and it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, so now let's move on from Tunisia to the U S um, just a record breaking season for us men's national team. Um, it's, it's what can you say? I mean, gold cup, uh, CONCACAF, whatever league nations league or whatever they decided to call it. Those games are amazing uh, against Mexico, uh, just legendary games. Um, Champions league, maybe not so much, but that gold cup game was just insane with um, just, it, it's been crazy. It's been successful. It, there have obviously been some downs. Uh, there's some, been some disappointing results, um, but at the same time, um, Man, they're in a really good position to qualify. And, and after the nightmare that was 2018, um, well, I guess it was 2017. Was it? Yeah, I guess it was 2017 in uh, um, Trinidad and Tobago. Um, after that nightmare, I never want to think about again. Um, it's exciting. And it's a youth movement. I think we're the youngest team in, in CONCACAF playing. Um, and they're really freaking good. I don't know if you noticed that or not. They're are amazing um better than mexico yeah, uh proven many times that we're better than mexico um <laughs> the olympics <laughs> so uh hey we, we didn't want to play in the olympics we left that for the ladies we got the bronze for that so <laughs> so um yeah man it's it's exciting it's exciting and it's even more exciting to think about the world cup next year um 
not to think about where it's going to take place, when it's going to take place, but it's just exciting to be there and to be in the position. Um, and hopefully everybody's healthy to go into it. So before so. you hop in, Rafa, I will say from everything that I've heard about the World Cup outside of the politics and stuff like that, if you if you're gonna go to the World Cup, this is gonna be one of the ones that you're probably gonna be able to see the most games at. So you're going to be able to go to game one and maybe you can go to another game later on in the day, which is, you know, historically the cities are far enough apart to where you can't do that. So, but having it, you know, where they're going to be having it there in Qatar. They're going to be a few miles from each other. That's living over there. She's uh, she actually went to the uh, Arab cup because her husband's Tunisian and I saw photos there. She she was telling me that the stadiums are like close by, so you can like bounce really quick to one nice. game to another. So if you do go, it's it's going to be everything's going to be in the close proximity. See, that's what they should do. They should just have a Texas World Cup and just like game at Kyle Field, game at NRG, wow. game at Jerry World, game at Alamo Dome, um, the Alamo Dome, game at um, Royal Stadium. I mean, most of the stadiums hold. 90,000 people um and then just have if it's hot or rainy just have it at the Alamo Dome there you go so that'd be amazing <laughs> have the proper turf or the field size or anything like that but yes you know you know what you know what they also don't give world cups to just the state so i mean big surprise <laughs> fifa cares uh, about I, money if you pay enough that's money true. that's true that's true that's true get greg i mean greg abbott's fast and loose with money he doesn't know what the hell he's doing just have him give <sighs> give them a few million dollars and, and we'll get that done. let's not talk about that let's not delve yeah. into stupidity i'm gonna, I'm gonna mute you buddy uh yeah. rafa your thoughts <laughs> on mexico <laughs> what is this part of the interruption <laughs> um as far like for me what, no, looking it's around for, the horn buddy not around, the, around the horn is that is that oh for, that's right that's right that's that right. first take with Stephen a <laughs> just oh god that's right around the horn man i haven't thought about that in a while i I used to love that show just kalashaw mute yep so anyway sorry continue uh when i guess when it comes to mexico like i said i i when i look at Concacaf soccer just the history of it everything runs in cycles and i think mexico's at a cycle that that little kind of that little golden generation that they had it's already at towards its end but now it's time for them to put that new group in and that new group is that team that went to the Olympics and they did a really, they did really well over there. There's some dynamite players that are playing in Europe. Like I said, you got one that's playing with, you know, they're with Arsenal. And, and, and if you saw the game with Chile, I know they ended with two, two tie, a little bit, a little inexperience from, you know, from them, but you can tell that the pace was a lot better. They're a lot faster and they're a little bit more hungrier. And I think moving forward to this, to this kind of the second half of this qualification, you got to put some of that, those players into, into the qualifying round, these qualifying round games because they're going to help counter counterbalance, you know what what you're hurting right now. And right now, there's really no, what I've seen in the Mexican national team this last few games, just they're not playing with any heart. And I think with these kids, they're that I saw back on, on a few weeks ago, those are the ones you need to start putting them in and eventually put in. There's some guys that you need to kind of take out and so forth. Do, do I feel Mexico is going to make the World Cup? Yeah, they'll make it. 
You know, I think they'll they'll finish in the top three. I, I have no doubts on that because they've they've taken care. Of, there's the one thing is they've taken care of business against the, the lower teams. You know, you're expect you know <coughs> you're gonna have a dogfight with with Canada and the USA. That's expected. But as far as long as you take care of the lower teams like El Salvador, Honduras, Costa Rica, you know, you should not have a problem going into, you know, into the World Cup. And then I think Tata needs to kind of really, really revamp, you know, everything going forward. You know, who is he going to have? You know, I think the main thing is like building around a couple of players like Chucky Lozano and, um, I think that Katiko's already he needs to be on his way out. Uh, Raul Jimenez kind of built around those two. Ochoa still a viable goalkeeper. I think he's still he's got the experience, but you got some younger ones that are coming up, so you can give start giving some of them some opportunities to play. So I I don't sweat it on them too much because like I said, everything runs in cycles, and and I think this is a cycle that you're going to start seeing a, a younger group of Mexican players coming into the national team, and they should go go back up to the level as they were the last few years. Yeah, we can't hear you, Harry. Um, but Ochoa really likes to put his uh, foot in his own mouth. Uh, yeah. There's that too. So, well, which that was fun. And, and then he likes to just uh, sit there and watch Canadians score goals on him. So, I'm <laughs> yeah, fine with like, that, though. I'm fine when with. Goal, I, when it comes to goalkeeping, well, I always tell my players, if they score on the goalkeepers because your defense is not doing their job. So I'm, I'm fine with Ochoa watching people score on him. I mean, that's what he's uh, good he's still, at now. He's still, so. he's still, he's still, he's still a, a good, good keeper. There are younger keepers. He's good. He's good. I know. You know, and he give, he still gives them an opportunity to win. I think eventually, I think after this kind of cycle, now you do go in and implement a younger keeper in. But him, him with the experience, he's going to help those younger guys. But for right now, I think Tata's going to, as far as trust, he's going to be the guy for now. But, I mean, you look at the resume of Ochoa's, you know, done well in those the last mm-hmm. two World Cups, you know, especially the game versus Germany and Brazil. I mean, you you, you, you got to go with him for right now. But as far as some of the younger, younger players that I, I've seen from that Chile game, those are the guys that need to start being put in. And, I, and like I said, like there's some guys that, uh, like like Moreno, I think uh, they need to kind of step aside because they don't have. I don't see them having the heart to play. You know, when it comes to national team, and I'm not, not going to give kudos to the U.S. When you put on that badge on, you got to play with some pride and play with some passion. And and I'm not seeing that with this this current the squad, but with the younger squad, I do see it. And proof proof is in the pudding. Well, look what they did in the Olympics. You know, they that you bring that core of players. And build around Chucky and you know Jimenez, you're gonna have a really good competitive team, and and like I said, they should be fine going into making the World Cup for ne- for next year. And just so I don't get in trouble with uh, Miss Danielle, uh, the U.S. Women's National Team, they had the Olympics. That's that's what it was, not the World uh, Cup. But they had right. the Olympics, uh, where unfortunately they lost in the semifinals to Canada. Uh, who ended up winning in PKs over Sweden uh, for that here. Uh, the Olympics was kind of a mixed bag. They lost to Sweden, you know, big in, in the first match, uh, came back to qualify out of the group, uh, advanced past uh, uh, Netherlands on PKs, uh, lost to Canada through there. 
for me, 2021 was a changing of the guard. That's it. Yep. For it here. I personally wish, you know, the U.S. would have went with the younger roster. Um, however, this Olympics was supposed to be in in 2020, but with COVID happening. Right. And it was a last hurrah is what it was hurrah. billed and, as. Yeah. Um, but there's one concern I have with the women's national team of the U.S. And I'm starting to see in the repeat of what Germany did when they won those two back-to-back France and Spain and Sweden are doing are really putting a lot of money in into developing the players to win the next World Cup. And I think the big mistake right now is the U.S. is not seeing that. And I think they need to take they need to really look at themselves and say, hey, we need to match up with what they're doing over there in Europe with this whole fiasco, but what's going on with, with the women's league right now, that's not going to help them help them win the next World Cup. But they it's don't not that. it's not even Europe. Canada, who won mm-hmm. the Olympics. And then Mexico, it, from my understanding, you can probably speak to this a little bit more. Mexico is a powerhouse mm-hmm. on the rise. Um, you know, I don't know if they're really investing the money as of yet, but if they if they start investing like they do on the men's side, they're there's talent, especially with the you know the Mexican Americans that you know maybe can't crack the US men's uh, women's national team. But they can go down, and you know the dual citizens can you know can possibly go down and and, and help the uh, you know the the Mexican female team, uh, feminine team, uh, along those lines here. So even here in Concacaf, that that gap that the United States women team had has 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 shrinked. Uh, Jonathan, uh, any any thoughts on on you know on the U.S. women's national team or or the U.S. men's national team for twenty twenty two or twenty twenty one? I don't think I really have anything new to say about the men's national team. Um, it's obviously great to see us not only bringing in this younger generation, but them uh, having success. And it was especially frustrating after a couple years where everyone knew Greg Berhalter was going to be the coach, but they didn't want to say it for about a year. And then just as we're trying to get this new generation in, COVID, um, but they're they're having that success now. They've got to keep it going, though. You know, can can you imagine? I know it's unlikely, but if all this momentum just kind of goes to waste and somehow they don't make the World Cup again, they have a crazy collapse. Like, what was twenty twenty one then? Just uh, a complete aberration. Well, we'll um, ask I don't Royce think that in, in you know in in the quick look at twenty twenty two for that here, but uh, yeah, yeah, slow down, slow down, John. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't think it's likely. But, you know, this this was a year where we had a few competitive wins in the Nations League and the Gold Cup, but next year is the the big enchilada. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the women's national team, I, you touched on it pretty well, Harry. I, I don't know that it's, I mean, maybe it was clinging on to the old generation a bit too much, but at the same time, you know, they're still a great team. I think it's just that the rest of the world is starting to catch up to them, and it's going to be interesting to see sort of how we and, and how U.S. soccer uh, adapts to that and tries to take it up another level or two to stay, you know, one of the leading horses because uh, we've we've seen on the men's side when everyone else cares as much as or more than we do about the sport, they're way better than us. Um, we've always had an advantage on the women's side. That's disappearing. We've got to find out how to cope in this new era. 
Any any final thoughts on it, uh, Royce, with the with the U.S. Uh, women's or men's national teams? Um, I mean, men are on a men are on kind of a heater right now. Um, we'll see how they uh, how they finish qualifying. Um, there's still some big games in that qualifying schedule to go uh, this upcoming year. Um, I think what March and May they play. Um, I know they play Mexico again. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, as far as the women go, yeah, it's a big transition period. We'll see. There's a lot of crazy talent, and this is kind of the crappy thing. We'll see what happens. There's a lot of crazy good talent in the U.S. pool, but right now a lot of those kids are going to start looking into playing in Europe. I'm not saying for national teams, but they're going to be starting to look at playing in Europe because of the fiasco that is the NWSL. It's not good, but at the same time, them going to Europe and playing that competition may not be the worst thing in the world um, because it's very competitive over there with the Champions League and whatnot. Um, and, and I'll say this for the women, uh, July, because the qualifying for women is much different than for the men. Uh, in July, they have their qualifying tournament, uh, July of 2022, which qualifies for the 2023 World Cup, which uh, Mr. Hawkman, uh, Chris uh, Homeland of Australia and New Zealand. Uh, so we will find out very quickly on how the uh, women's national team will look and transition. Yeah. So moving to the news, uh, you know, the, the big news story this week here uh, probably went a little bit under the radar with everything going on with the you know, holidays and stuff. Uh, but MPSL, the National Premier Soccer League, uh, announced that Corinthians FC of San Antonio uh, is changing from I think they were in UPSL um, or National Soccer League. I know they know they flirted with both, uh, but they're uh, being promoted up to uh, the NPSL. They're going to be playing. I want to say at Cornerstone, uh, where, where Cornerstone plays um, for that here. And I know Rafa can talk a little bit more about the stadium if we needed to go there. Uh, but they're going to, you know, the Lone Star Conference is a very tough division. Uh, it's got the defending uh, MPSL champions, Denton Diablo, uh, Fort Worth Vaqueros, Laredo Heat. You got Brownsville, uh, you know, FC. Um, you got uh, Midland Odessa, you know, so it's, it's it, you know, f for weekends that San Antonio FC is not in town, it's going to be, uh, if, if uh, Corinthians FC is playing, it's going to be an, an event that, of course, we'll, we'll probably cover a little bit uh um, I don't know how many games we'll get to, but, you know, we'll be, I'm assuming they're going to have it on, uh, you know, 11 sports uh, for that here. So it'll be something that it'll, I'll at least be paying attention to. Um, Rafa, any thoughts on Corinthians FC uh, moving to NPSL and especially with Fort Worth, uh, Baqueros, the Laredo Heat, you know, along those lines and, and you know, uh, Denton Diablos, uh, you know, being the champions? It's good for them because it's going to play little tougher competitions. I mean, like Laredo Heat's had the history they've won. I think they've made it to like a national final. Uh, like I said, Diablos is always a great team every year. So uh, kudos to them. You know, hopefully this build helps develop more players um, to hopefully maybe get into maybe, you know, USL or Liga Mackeys and so forth, you know, the bit, and also showcase our local talent. That's mm -hmm. the big thing. They're to a little, little bigger scale as far as the semi-pro level. But it's, it's it's a good thing for for San Antonio. So 
hopefully we'll be able to get to check out some of their games in 2022. So that's something I'll, I'll look forward to. Hopefully get a chance to. SAFC finally had some news. Um, first two news items did not come from SAFC, which is a, a sore point of myself, but uh, I won't dwell into that. Marcus Epps uh, did the pilgrimage uh, to uh, Phoenix, and, and Jonathan Check wrote an article. I believe he wrote an article on that. Or um, I know there was something. That, Just kind of a roster tracker. I was going to say swing and miss, Harry. (laughs) Well, I remember him. Remember he had it because I remember him saying the annual trek to Phoenix. Uh, I I don't remember if that was a tweet or on. I I know I tweeted about it um, and I did, you know, in that roster tracker note that Epps is, by my records, the sixth player now to go from uh, SAFC and then follow that with a year in Phoenix. So, yeah, that's uh, that pipeline is still going strong. Cam Lindley went to Colorado Springs. Uh, so we'll start with you, Royce. Um, I think Epps is the bigger loss, but uh, your thoughts on Epps and, and Cam uh, staying in the West, uh, but not staying with San Antonio. First of all, congratulations to Cam Lindley, who got married yesterday. So mm-hmm. con- congrats to both of y'all. That's that's exciting, man. Um, uh, it sucks. <laughs> it sucks. Um Marcus, I don't, I don't want to say one is more important than the other because I mean, two different positions. Cam really held down the midfield for most of the season when we really needed some. We needed a metronome in the in the middle, and we needed a um, just dependability and some stability in the center of the field with all the injuries. And Cam was that guy, and he was great. Um, it's no wonder other teams jumped on signing him. Um, no big surprise. Um, at the same rate, um, Marcus is a huge loss. It would be a huge loss for any team in this league. He led, um, he led the league in, um, a lot of stats, take ons, or he was near the top of the league in a lot of stats, like take ons and successful dribbles, um, which is creating space. It's creating offense. It's creating, uh, dangerous chances. And that's what you need. Um, um, at the same rate, once again, I will I'll reiterate the fact that nobody really signed Marcus, did they? We signed him kind of late. Uh, no, he was one of the first signings, but still, mm-hmm. we signed him when a lot of people had the opportunity. We showed his talents, and then he got a big payday, obviously, because we know Phoenix pays like nobody's business, um, which is good. Go get paid, young man. Um, and it's a multi-year deal, too. And it's a multi-year deal. So, yes, exactly. It's great. It's great for all part. It sucks for uh, San Antonio FC, but it's great for him, and it's great for his career, and that's all you really want to see. He he got the contract he deserves, and he's going to get paid well. Um, but and I know big, for Cam, but, that was that was for Cam. It, that was a big deal as well because you know with him recently getting married, his, yeah. his uh, fiance or wife's a teacher that's starting in Colorado Springs. Um, so that was that, that was a big deciding factor on having that stability, right? Uh, which is what which I mean. Let me try to finish up my point on all this. San Antonio has been known as a youth pipeline, and that's not just the academy. That is signing young players, Nathan. Complete unknown from Brazil. Who's that guy? Christian Pirano, complete unknown from Argentina. Who's that guy? Some of the most successful players in the league, and that is a a there's a pattern. There is a 
that is a normal thing that San Antonio FC does is they find these kids, they sign them, they're successful, boom, they go somewhere else. It sucks, but at the same time. But what, when you notice something about those players from SAFC signing with the Phoenix, it's like the kiss of death of their careers. Let's let's not let's okay, not look, go there. Look, let's not look, go look, there. Look, we look, wish I'm, I'm we wish there. Epps all the I'm best. Going I'm going there. Look we at wish Epps. Look we at Barnes go there. Billy. <laughs> and like I said, is the, grass, is the grass always greener in Phoenix? And you can say they sign all these multi these players that we develop. It's too hot in Phoenix to have grass. They have fake grass. We all know that. Well, that's what I'm saying. But um, the 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 history out of it, you know, some of our players have gone over there. They haven't done anything over there. I think they, you know, they're trying to be these super teams like the Lakers and in the in the in the Brooklyn Nets. And what ha what have they been? What have they shown? They've shown only one Western Conference championship, and that was it. But they haven't really shown much, you know. To get and also to get knocked off by by the Toros, you know, in the first round. You know, <laughs> so the, like I said, the grass isn't always greener in Phoenix when it comes to building super teams and so I'm, forth. I'm I'm gonna push back on you a little bit, especially when it comes to Epps. Yeah. Now Epps could be the exception. Maybe there that well, he could be the. You know who Epps is filling in for, right? You know who is not signed with Phoenix? Asante. And the uh, expectation is, is Asante is not coming back. Oh, really? I did so not know that. Epps is going to fill into his role. Wow. And where so, is Asante going to come? <laughs> he's, he's, getting, San Antonio? he's getting older. The he's, lollipop he's <laughs> Imagine that having Epps with Patino up front and Gallegos. <laughs> but I'm, ju I'm just saying, you know, for Epps, for the position that he's going to with with the you know because he's going to have Sante Moore on the other side he's gonna he's gonna from you know from my understanding and I'm not a rising fan by any means but just from what I picked up on their social media feed he's going to be on the other side picking up for Solo you know Solo may resign you know it's not expected right but I think his days of starting are over um, just because. I think he's more kind of like Rafa Castillo, where if you need him to come on for 30, 40 minutes, you know, he'll put in a, an honest shift and, and along those lines. But those days of going 90 minutes, probably, you know, on, on a consistent basis, you know, is probably a little bit over. Um, so for, you know, as an SAFC he's fan. Old, he's only 31, man. Let's not talk about him like he's ancient. He's only 30. For, he just turned 31. It's not that He's old, my guy. Still in prime, prime age. Yeah. Okay, guys. So, but 30, 31 in USL. Oh, I know, I know. Oh, I'm sorry. Rafa was like 35 or 36 when 36. they won the NASL championship there in 2014. So let's come on. I'm just, I'm just saying. Uh, you know, if if Solo signed with San Antonio, hey, you know, he he's got the fountain of youth, of course. Uh, yeah, that's how it works here. I don't know if you knew that or not. That's exactly how that works here. People the rediscover their form. Jonathan, your thoughts, and I'll also, because I did pull up your article, uh, Ethan Bryant, who is on loan with Richmond Kickers, uh, also re-signed uh, signed with them officially. And Emil Cuello, uh, who uh, was on loan, or I guess it was a loan trade uh, with uh, Sacra Republic, also signed on with them so technically i guess there's four players that have officially signed elsewhere um for that here but 
Jonathan, your thoughts on Epps or Epps and Cam? Um, and if you want to talk uh, email or Bryant, uh, go ahead. Yeah, so I, I think both are good players. It's unfortunate to see SAFC lose them. I'm going to disagree a bit with Royce and say that I think Epps was probably the bigger loss. Um, and that's not necessarily because Cam, like I said, he was a good player. I just think the problem with him, and I think this extends to Ethan Bryan as well, is they're sort of that number eight box-to-box midfielder, and that didn't really fit SAFC's style toward the end of the season. You know, you looked at, you had the three center backs, and then in front of that, you had Abu, uh, Maloney, and PC, guys who could, in, in Abu's case, he could play those passes forward, but he was also a good defensive midfielder, could break up that play, and obviously uh, PC and Connor could do that well. Lindley, I don't think we ever really saw enough on the defensive side, and so he just didn't really fit SAFC's system, and again, I think the same goes for Ethan, so um, they're by no means bad players, they just didn't fit in San Antonio, that's fine. Uh, I think we all wish them well. Um, I like, Harry, how you touched on seeing that his wife got a job uh, teaching in Colorado Springs, because I saw that too, and I was thinking, all right, so who got the job first? Like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm guessing, um, you know, it was kind of like, hey, honey, I got a job teaching up here. think you can get a contract with the team. Um, but that's, I, I don't know, that's just uh, some fun speculation. Um, but yeah, Epps was a very explosive player. Uh, SAFC is definitely going to miss him. Um, he was a guy who, when running at defenders, was just so wild and would have them on their heels. Um, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't bet against SAFC finding maybe another unknown player who can fill that role again next year. We'll see. Uh, they certainly have the capability to. They've got a track record of be kind of replacing some of those really good guys that they lose. Um, but then as far as who else? Oh, and, and then Quayo, um, he, he was good when he was here uh, or he, he was all right when he was here. But again, I think with the formational change just kind of fell out of favor. Um, and it, it was, it was sort of, Good in that SAFC was able to have sort of that loan trade that got them Tainter, who also, um, I, I mean, he hasn't officially re-signed, but it sounds like SAFC wants to. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they do. So, even um, I, I'll say even when I was part of the, well, JC was there um, to report on it. But I was part of the group in the airport that greeted the team when they came back. And out of all the players that just, they look tired as hell, I'm not going to lie. Out of all the players, Mitch seemed like he was the one that was the most gung-ho about, let's do it again next season, let's go. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm I'm confident that's one of the contracts they're working on. Um, Another one that would be interesting is, that I've kind of seen some activity from, um, and this is just social media. So this has nothing to do with anybody I've spoken with, but Nathan, uh, mm-hmm. I think they've been, tr- you know, it kind of seems like they may try to get another loan deal or try to sign him on a permanent, uh, from, um, from Korth, Korth, 
Corathiba, or yeah, I can't pronounce that they properly. Have they have a log gem on that. Uh, yeah, that's uh, exactly it. They have what? What did what did we research? They had like nine forwards yeah. on their on their A team, and Nathan and was they're moving up to Syria now, and so. they're going to yeah, they're going to Syria. Which Brazil has a weird schedule. Uh, the first half of their season, they only play like in their region, and mm-hmm. then the winner of that region goes and plays in. Um, um, in the big national league in the second half of the season, it's kind of a weird schedule, but that it works for we them. Do that here. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess we did do that in 2020, didn't we? That's kind of fair. Um, but yeah, uh, that I kind of heard rumblings on that one. So we'll see how that uh, turns out. Um, as far as whenever SAFC release their, um, um, the statement that said they're working on contracts with players, um, even players that were on the club last season, that tells me the okay. So the three players I immediately thought when I thought players that are unavailable right now, um, due to reasons that they're going to try to bring back, I think that would be Jordan Farr might be one of them, and who knows what. Um, uh, Cardone, I, I hope Cardone comes back for next season, man. He's your, he's your number one, but it would be nice to have somebody he can split time with instead of just taking the whole thing by himself. Uh, but we'll see how his health comes along. But, uh, Jordan, I think is one that they're talking to. Uh, I think they're talking to Jasser Kamiri's people, but mm-hmm. obviously he's been pretty busy just, yeah, being J- a boss Jasser was released, released by, uh, by white caps. Correct. He was released by the white caps. And we know that um, Courtney Ford was talking. Uh, um, the Rapids uh, declined his uh, option, but they were talking about restructuring his contract. But at the same time, if San Antonio FC goes in there and offers similar conditions, possibly San Antonio FC can uh, sign him again. So those are the three that I, and obviously Courtney. Uh, rest in peace, mom and man. We're thinking about you. You've been in our prayers this whole time. Um, and I mean, I don't know anybody that didn't help donate to that, to that cause. That was, it was awesome that he got at least a week, uh, with his mom there. Um, but obviously that's the reason why you don't exactly want to go into contract negotiations and now, uh, just bereavement. Um, I will say, was speaking with Matt Pollard, uh, who covers the Rapids and switchbacks, uh, he does expect uh, Ford to re-sign with okay. the Rapids. He he did say that both sides, that's the deal that they want to do. So yeah, uh, you know, which it, makes it, sense because be he's homegrown and, and yeah. along those lines here, it could be a sign and loan again. Um, yeah, we'll 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 see how that goes, and that may be a thing <laughs> that they're trying to do is waiting on the Rapids to complete that and then seeing about another loan. Um, so I don't, I mean, Colorado is that, that, that'll be a conversation for another podcast. Uh, no, for, for sure. For sure. Coming in, maybe that's right. something they want to resign them to protect them for the future from getting from that, uh, that's, that draft. That's very for fair. That. And, and, and yeah, the expansion draft, uh, and at the same time, um, uh, Colorado is one of the best teams in the league. They, they, got a shock knockout in the playoffs, but they're one of the best teams in MLS this season. Finished first in the West. And they're, yeah. And their defense was locked down. So they don't have a lot of space. Um, and hopefully, and what I want to see and what I think is going to happen, this is me predicting it. We'll, we'll see what happens, but 
MLS on, let's, let's let's save that for okay for the for the okay. 2022. Okay. So Fair Christmas gifts. Uh, before we do the quick look uh, at 2022, uh, we'll start with you uh, with you, Rafa. If you can give a Christmas gift for San Antonio soccer, uh, what would that be? Whether that's SAFC, the Athenians, UTSA, local academy, you know, your local high school, a job for you, what would that be? Well, get get a women's professional team here in San Antonio. I think it's overdue. I think we're overdue one. It'd be nice to have one to see. In see what the CL or the was yeah, it and, the Super League? And, well, maybe maybe the the USL to start with. I think the USL is more a fun league. I think more fan friendly league. I think we can start there, and then who knows? Probably a player. Who knows that the league on top is going to survive or not? So, and I still think NWSL, as you just mentioned, is still kind of treading water right now. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, if you had a, a Christmas gift for San Antonio soccer. Maybe not. I I mean, it would benefit San Antonio soccer. Unfortunately, it wouldn't really help uh, on the women's side, but I just want to see the open cut back. I, I think a lot of people would agree with that. Um, that would obviously benefit San Antonio FC. You know, they were supposed to be part of the reduced version this year and then weren't supposed to be part of it when they made the first cut and then they ended up just scrapping it all together. Um, but I think it's most important for the opportunities that younger, less experienced players get. And it's important for those lower league teams to get the chance to uh, kind of be on the map and and show maybe some of their better players, um, some of the more interesting teams and and locales and setups that they've got. Um, You know, I, I think this year about how obviously Matt Cardoni goes down at the end of the regular season, Mercado comes in as a sub, but SAFC wasn't willing to trust him in the playoffs. I wonder how much it might have changed if he'd been able to get a few Open Cup games, you know, had made his Mm. professional debut in that sense and gotten that experience. They probably still would have gone for far, but it's it's just so important for, you know, it, it would have been great for Carlos to get that experience. It would have been great for some of the squad players and some of the academy guys to play against, uh, you know, maybe a lower level team as we've seen in the past, you know, Gallegos, um, Bryant, I think made his debut in the open cup. Um, Leo a few years ago against Mm -hmm. Laredo heat, I think it was. Mm -hmm. Um, So just, I, not just for SAFC and not just for some of the lower division teams, but for everyone, I think we really want to see that back. We want to see all the fun storylines that come from that. And, and kind of piggybacking on to Jonathan's point, if y'all remember, um, there were a couple players that got fir- uh, first team contracts from SAFC because of their performance in those Mexican uh, friendlies um, that could have very well been U.S. Open Cup games. And that was Dildy and um, uh, Rocky. Um, they both got uh, first team contracts based on their performance, which they were very convincing in their game, in in the games that they played. Um and yeah, absolutely. That could have been more, more. Um, it, it it would have been more um, PT for them. But at the same time, I will say that that's around when that was the peak of um, SAFC's injury bug. So maybe that wouldn't have been the best thing in the world. But 
at the same time, uh, it would have definitely given the kids um, uh, some minutes for sure. And that would have been good to see. So mine, I guess that's kind of twofold. Because one, I do think we need to get a women's team here. Uh, whether it's NWSL or the Super League, I'm hoping SAFC or, you know can step up or work with the Athenians uh, along those lines here. Um, but number two, um, and this is going to be for you know you know for the uh, supporters. Uh, I pr- I didn't mine them in the Bud Light bunker. And Harry went mute. Uh, there, there we go. Uh, nope. nope, nope, something's going on with this mic. Uh, I guess I'll say my gift, um, um right now, uh, while Harry's having some technical issues. Um, a women's team would be awesome, um, for sure. Um, that, that would, Am I it, it would be a great cool. development. I, there's a lot of, yeah, we can hear you now. Uh, there's a lot of, um, um, big girls talent that's here in san antonio for sure um obviously the campus sisters are uh, one of the more known and it would be cool to bring them back um for sure um for uh for a pro team um that would, that would be amazing um but a gift for san antonio what gift would i give uh this is going to sound really stupid this is going to sound selfish and idiotic but hey we're having fun on here I would give San Antonio and more specifically the city of San Antonio the money to completely build out Toyota Field into its full form. That would be amazing. Yeah, we can hear you. That would be amazing to see. I would love to see Toyota Field at its full form. That would be my gift. Um, Dumb? Sure. Waste? Maybe. But I think having just that atmosphere and Toyota Field is loud as is right now. Super loud. Can you imagine how more the cacophony of the crowd noise with an actual kind of more or less bowl and how loud that would get, that would be amazing. And that would really set up an atmosphere that would be intimidating uh, for a way fit. It's intimidating now. Can you imagine how it would be if it was completely built out? I think that would be something incredible to witness. I mean, if we remember with some of the renderings, I don't think we've really seen any from SAFC. Uh, yeah. Actually, I, I can confidently say we have not seen any. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, with the Scorpions, when it was a possibility, you know, at first they had kind of some maybe weird designs, and then they came to their senses. It was a more uniform um, right. sort of seating around, and then they added a roof. Yeah. If you can keep all that noise in, that would be a really nice atmosphere. Yes. But at the same time, maybe do the next phase. Maybe if SAFC... Don't, don't crap on my dream. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know it's just a list and or a, right. a wish. Um, and, you know, if money wasn't an object, sure, why not? Correct, because then correct. that also opens the door to uh, maybe hosting, like, national team games. At the same That's time, correct. though, I, I will say, even if you build all the seating and stuff out, um, I think there are probably some things behind the scenes, like some of the infrastructure that maybe fans don't always see that would need to be improved oh Um, for sure for sure and i honestly think that was a big part of and obviously you would render it differently you would put more um private boxes and everything on the other side of the field uh there you could do so much stuff um i I don't want to poo poo on toyota field because it's it's near perfect as is it's a fantastic venue it's probably the most more friendly games 
it's then really yeah that's that's what it would do I it would i think the big issues I, I know the alamo domes host some but if you ever looked at the pitch at the alamo dome when they bring in it's been so the thing that i have wanted mm-hmm. san antonio to invest in are those heat lamps that help grow no. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we can hear you, hear you, Harry. We've been able to we hear, hear you the whole you, time. Harry. I've been saying we can hear you, dude. What are you doing, my guy? <laughs> All right. <laughs> but, well, no, but Harry's just going to his right you can imagine having him. having like a what? like a Club America versus Chivas game there or something when they right. do those tours. Right. What what San Antonio what what the Alamo Dome what the city of San Antonio needs to invest in is one of those. I say this. I mean, it's the government, so everybody's going to be tied on purses, but. One of those heat lamp tracks that they have at every professional soccer stadium, they need to bring that pitch in a week out at least and then let it grow. Let it grow a root system with that, with the artificial sun. Um, you do that, dude, that that would help establish a, a root pattern that would help with the grass. Um, and that, that would that, or skip it all together and just go artificial turf because they're going to start making artificial turf legal for FIFA games. Um, that is a thing that they have started doing. And if you, you know, obviously they play on turf in Seattle. They play on turf a lot of places. Canada, they play on turf. So uh, Tijuana, Cholos has turf yeah, field. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's what I'm saying. And it's because the turf technology has come such a long way that it, it is getting closer to what ga- grass is, but you still risk injury on turf more than uh, uh, on grass. So, um, well, I guess we'll do our um, uh, we'll do our final. Uh, oh, we're still uh, waiting. Yeah, no, we're still waiting on it. We're still waiting on Harry to come on. While we wait, uh, but, I yeah. I will just chime in and say um, there there is discussion from both of you guys about wanting to bring a women's team here, a professional one. Um, I don't remember who it was, but I do recall from earlier in the year, I think it was Ed Snowchoa of Down in the Valley uh, and the Striker Texas retweeted someone else who was saying they're hearing the USL is going to encourage all of their professional clubs in the championship and League One to have some sort of women's team, whether it's in the W League or the Super League. Um, obviously, it would have to be the Super League if we want professional. Uh, I I don't know that the W having a, a W League team would really benefit San Antonio and SAFC because we've got so many teams at that level already. I think if you're going to bring in a team, you're going to have to do Super League, and that would be really nice yeah. because then that gives the numerous uh, semi-pro teams we've got in this city an opportunity something, to, something bring to look those up to. Players yeah. Up. yeah, I think the right establishing, establishing a, a women's academy like. SAFC, since we've been successful having an academy uh, with the boys with SAFC and, they, and the success that they had, I think we can do the same with the girls. And I think also that benefits, especially in the high school level. Yeah, Austin's been overpassed. If you notice, Austin girls soccer has overpassed girls, so- girls high school soccer in San Antonio. And the reason why is because of the, the academies. I think having that yeah. one academy will help, you know, kind of counterbalance all that and then eventually like i said we can pull those players in and we'll have the the female version of ethan bright or jose gallegos coming up through our system and yeah and i think that's i think that's the biggest benefit out of all this it's a win-win situation for us like i said big 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 first signing make a big splash bring the compass sisters back and then build around them for sure Mm -hmm. that'd be amazing 
So, yeah. So I think I'm back. Yeah, yeah, you're back. Yeah, we we could hear you the whole time. I don't know if your headphones were working, but we could hear you yeah, the whole time. Yeah, headphones couldn't hear. Well, there you go. Okay, okay. that's why I was like, he just. Well, can't I had to go us. all the way out. <laughs> he just jetted out of his own podcast. <laughs> I had to go all. The way, I had to leave and then come back in. So yep. Harry, we got buy it. Buy a new house. Yeah. Get a new computer. Yep. <laughs> Those scarves weren't there earlier. Anyway. Uh, so quick look at 2022. Uh, this is going to be uh kind of rafa high schools uh here we're going to introduce your uh 2015 or pardon me not 2015 2022 2021 2022 uh power uh preseason power 15 uh for that here so if you want to go through the list or you want me to read them off we can go through the list we can go we can do them together so this is like i said this is a new format i know last year we had three polls, but this is more condensed. I think when we did three polls, it took a long, it took a while to go through them. So this is a new part, part like I said, the part fifteen for the boys and the girls. So we're mixing all, all taps and from from four A all the way to six A. So these are the top for our area teams. These are our top fifteen area teams coming in. This is my preseason poll, but not gonna mention nothing's etched in stone. Things will change once the season gets going in January. So at 15, you have the Brandeis Broncos. At 14, you have Southwest Dragons. 13, Jefferson Mustangs. At 12, the Canyon Cougarettes. And 11, the Madison Mavericks. So uh, the first five here, anything that stands out or? All playoff teams, they're good teams. They're also contenders for you know for their district you know for district and like I said, you know you could see quite a few of them end up moving up you know the next few starting in like when we start uh, you know like I said preseason you know pre district play and then conference play, like I said we'll see some of them's going some of those teams going up. Number ten we got SA Christian Lions who actually already in season with taps, uh, Steel Knights. Bernie Champion Chargers, Reagan Rattlers, and the Brennan Bears. So out of the five or you know six through ten, which is the one that you think has the most? Which is the one that you think has the most possibility of moving into the top five? Uh, Brennan. Uh, well, there's there's three of them. I think all of them have a chance. Actually, Brennan, they were a district champ. They had a deep run last year. They got you know even though the season ended. Uh, against um, was it uh, I think it was one of the Austin team, one of the Austin teams. Uh, I think it was yeah, the guy ended with Vandergrift. They gave him a game, but uh, hopefully Reagan bounces back, you know, from that playoff loss to Vandergrift. So I can see those four teams moving up into the top five. So the top five of the preseason Power Fifteen, number five, Lee Volunteers. Uh, thoughts on Lee? Uh, they had a good season last year. I think they're, they're going to build upon that. And then they, I think they're going to surprise some people. I think they're a contender for the district for their district championship. And hopefully they're going to do the same, get the same results like the boys. So looking forward to seeing, seeing them play. Number four, Antonio and Apaches out of the taps. Uh, Tony and right now, like I said, their, their season's already started. They actually have a good record, a really good record. Seven right and now. One. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're seven and one. So, and like I said, they've been a, a contender 
and their and their state playoffs or taps, and I as I see them making another deep run again this year. Bernie Greyhound, uh, Bernie Greyhounds as the third. The another great team in four A. Probably I think my favorite for to win the region. They were my favorite last year, but they got knocked off by uh, upstart Cal Allen team. But I think I think they'll they'll get it, they're gonna get it together, and I think I said the Bernie Greyhound Lady Greyhounds. Are going to be the the team to beat for region region four for four A. And number two, the Alamo Height Mules. Yeah, Alamo Heights, another great. They have another great squad coming. This, I know they're in that real brutal district with the defending state champs, Dripping Springs. I think, I think they'll contend, and also they can avoid a Dripping Springs in the, in the later on in the playoffs. I can see them playing in the regional final to, again. Uh, I mean, in the next coming week, in, in, the, in March and April. And then number one, Smithton Valley Rangers. Yeah, Smithton Valley's had a really good squad. Uh, we got to meet, talk to Coach Aikens. We got to see him, me and Coach Kino from the 50-50 podcast, saw them on Friday night against, uh, they played against, the actually the defending 5A state champs, which is Dripping Springs. And I was very impressed. They, were, they did, you know, there was a really great game. The, the girls uh, as far as touching the ball, working together, uh, they're going to surprise some teams this year. And I, I think as, as I, hopefully those Austin teams do not take them lightly. And I, I can see Swinson Valley make, if they can get by those first two rounds, mm-hmm. I think I can see them making a, a, a deep run into the, into the regional tournament region four. And already in the, in the hot box, uh, look out for John Jay, uh, two future pros and current Corinthians, uh, the Rodriguez sisters. So I didn't see them in the top 15. But they so may be. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Like I said, it's just preseason. So we'll, we're just going based off kind of a little bit of like last year, a little bit. Well, now, the, except for the TAPS teams that we know they're already working or playing already. So looking over to the boys, uh, Cornerstone Warriors at 15, at 14, SA Christian Lions, at 13, Warren Warriors, one of our favorites. Uh, Jefferson Mustangs at 12, and Bernie Champion Chargers. So Bernie Champion and Jefferson uh, and S.A. Christian uh, both have boys and girls in your top 15. Uh, any any comments on uh, the, the bottom five that you got here in the top 15 between 11 and 15? I think, well, Jefferson, they made a good run last year. I know they got knocked out by Cedar Park, but I, th- I think they, they think have a good squad again this year and should win their district and then – Hopefully, like I said, they'll probably go go into maybe three deep into the playoffs. Uh, Warren, they had a, a good good team this year. Then uh, they're a little bit different. They do have to go through some of the Laredo schools, and I noticed some of those Northside teams have been playing scrimmaging the Laredo schools to kind of get a little taste of what to expect. So I can see Warren making a run, and then Bernie, like I said, they're in that that district with Alamo Heights, Stripping Springs. Uh, uh, Buto, hey, Buto Johnson. So it's like the the group of death when you come to high school soccer for 5A. Uh, I, I think they'll make a playoff run, and hopefully, like I said, they bounce back from last year's showing. Number 10, uh, TMI Panthers. Number 9, Alamo Height Mules. Number 8, Smith and Valley Rangers. Reagan Rattlers uh, just outside the top five at 7. And Central Catholic Buttons, uh, I think that probably catches a, a few people uh, 
down uh, out of the top five historically last few years. Uh, they've probably been in the top five if you were to mm-hmm. to do the Rafa's ranking before. Uh, your thoughts on on five or six through ten? Uh, well, I did see a Central Catholic play on Saturday against in the Southwest, very, right? In Southwest, a very good Southwest team. Uh, Central Catholic does have good talent. I think the soil has some little growing pains a little bit, but I do expect them to them to go into into taps, you know, and hopefully bounce back and hit, and get, get into the final like they did the, a couple of years ago. And Reagan, I think I've, heard, I've been hearing good things about Reagan. I think they're they're a sleeper team in that district with that northeast district. Um, I think they're the ones that are probably going to push Lee to the limit. Uh, don't sleep on also <laughs> Smithson Valley. They got a great squad. I think that they're going to do good things this year. Alamo Heights, uh, they actually recently scrimmaged um, Southwest and they tied 0-0, so that's a good sign. They said they're going to have another strong team coming up. And then what do you can say about TMI? They, are the, they won TAPS their third years in a row, and they could be fair, fair again to win a, a fourth championship. So top five, we got Clemens Buffalo. Uh, I know uh, they lost uh, a starting goalkeeper who's uh, playing uh, up in Kansas here, who's our seatmate in 114. Thoughts on Clemens? Uh, I think though, I know they lost a heartbreaker with with Lee, and you know that was probably one of the best games I've seen in in, in a while. I, I think they'll, they'll, they're going to be in contention. So don't like I said, don't sleep on them. Even though they lost their their great goalkeeper, they'll, they'll be in the mix come playoff time. Number four, Southwest Dragons. I'm on Team Dragons here. Have been for the last uh, two years. Southwest, like I said, <laughs> they they went. Like I said, they had a deep run, and then until they ran into to Valley View, which I did get to see Valley View, and I was not very impressed by Valley View. And hopefully, hopefully, maybe this time, if they do meet up, I think this time the game will probably be at Southwest if they play flip home and home. I think Southwest this time will get a better a better of Valley View. Um, so don't, don't, like I said, I think they can make it into the regional, regional tournament for 5A. Number three, uh, Harlan Hawks. Uh, Harlan had another, that was another sleeper team from last year and they had a good, they had a good run. They had a deep run. They lost a heartbreaker, a little controversial heartbreaker to Lake Travis. Um, but I did get to see Harlan Hawks, uh, scrimmage a couple games against the Laredo Alexander and New Braunfels. And I was impressed. A lot of skill, a lot of you know, a lot of good chemistry, and you know, didn't haven't really lost too much from last year's team. But I, they're they're going to be another team, you know, from District Twenty Nine Six A that's going to make a deep run. You know, their run's going to go through the valley, and I could see them. You know, hopefully they'll get another matchup again with Lake Travis, and this time they'll, they'll get the job done. Number two, uh, Bernie Greyhounds, the uh, defending, uh, was it four? Four A uh, boys state champions. Yeah, so Bernie Greyhounds, what, what can you say about them? No one was talking about them the whole year, and they got hot in the playoffs and knocked off a really good uh, uh, Diamond Jarvis, <laughs> Diamond uh, Jarvis team from Fort Worth. Um, so they're going to be the favorites for four A for this region. Uh, and all this should win their district championship. They may have some contenders. Uh, as far as from the Valley, I do see uh, an improving Hidalgo team that may challenge them. 
And there is one team that did not play last year that was a state champion, was Progresso. So that would be a really good game to see, hopefully in the regional final between Bernie and Progresso for 4A. So, but I'm gonna give the edge to Bernie going into making, making the state tournament again. And then the defending 6A boys champions, uh, Lee Volunteers, uh, number one. Uh, what can you say about Lee? They they got the job done last year. They they were on a mission. You know, they were pretty much kind of COVID spoiled their their 2020 season and. You know, they just and then just from the heartbreak from also from losing PKs the year before, you know, they got the job done and now they have the big target on their back. And I know I do know they have their, their leading scorer returning back. And I know they lost some some key players, but you can't count on Lee. Like I said, they're the defending state champs. And I do see them, you know, making another deep run into, you know, hope, you know, going to the state playoffs again. The great James Hope. Uh, says watch Kennedy uh, in 5A. Says it uh, sounds like they're going to be a sleeper. I know they're outside of the Power 15. Yeah, and I got also another one that I was been telling by some some coaches around the city to watch is is Sam Houston and Sam. What I was told about Sam Houston is you know they've always kind of been the kind of like the doormat. You know, they said that they have a lot of talent. And I, uh, actually, their coach actually reached out to me to come check out one of their games. So hopefully, I'll get. In January, I'll get to see them. So that's another team to watch. And then another team to kind of watch out that's young because I did get to go see them uh, back at Alamo Stadium was, was Fox Tech. Lots of freshmen mm-hmm. sophomores on that team, but I did I do see some talent there. I think they'll get into the playoffs, but eventually I think they're going to end up being a contender in a couple years. James said they tied MacArthur. Yeah. Uh, so, looking ahead for 2022, any any thoughts you have on this upcoming season? Um, any advice you want to give to either players, coaches, fans? Just like I said, you know, with all this, you know, with the whole thing with the COVID, you know, ruining 2020, and then just the excitement we had in 2021. Everyone, you know, just seeing more people go out to the game, the more coverage. I think it's. You know, when I especially when I talked to Coach kind of a few weeks ago, you know, I think Texas high school soccer has paid its due, especially here in San Antonio. It's finally it needs to get its recognition for once, you know, to be more spotlighted a little bit more, and especially for the you know the the bigger media's like you know your big TV stations. I think they need to go out there because there's a lot of great kids, there's a lot of great talents that needs to be showcased, and there's that's the way we can show that hey, San Antonio has a lot of soccer talent. And like I said, we got a couple of state champions here, a few state champions here in this area, and you know, hopefully they'll they'll you know they'll be out there to come watch some games. And I noticed that the crowds have been getting a little bit bigger and bigger. So I know there's some big games coming up. Um, I know one in the beginning of the year that hopefully I'll get to watch on Sunday Monday night. If you have nothing to do on January third uh, on that Monday, five o'clock, Coma Lander Stadium, uh, Churchill is going to face Bronzeville Porter. That's going to be a, a really good game. It's good. two of the top pro, top programs. Uh, that's one state's in the past. We're going to face off at Comalander. So, so you have a chance to check those out. And then there'll be some other tournaments like the Northeast Elite Showcase up in Capel. Some of our teams are going up there. The Clemens is going up there, Central Catholic. Um, we also have the Austin Lakes uh, Showcase. I don't, like Lee's going to be there. 
a couple other teams from Harland think is going to be there too. So a lot of great teams. Our teams are playing a lot of the elite teams from the state to get them prepared going into district play this year. And on our uh, power rankings and stuff here, we are also uh, working with a 50-50 podcast with Coach Kano. Uh, that's why you see their logo next to ours um, with the high school soccer scene. You know, you know, we want to kind of partner with mm -hmm. uh, Coach Kano and the 50-50 podcast to try to, you know, I know he does more statewide and, and through here where we try to focus more centrally on San Antonio. Uh, so probably for the next three months uh, ish, uh, most of the the show will primarily be uh, high schoolish, uh, especially at the beginning, um, and then you know depending on San Antonio FC news and U.S. Men's National Team's news, uh, that's when Royce and and you know other people may uh, step in and kind of give through here. But uh, uh, we're coming up to Rafa's busy season of high school soccer. So, Royce, uh, we're going to do you next. Uh, U.S. Men's National Team World Cup qualifying. What do you kind of see uh, looking at? And I guess for the women as well, because they got qualifying as well this year as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on the U.S. Uh, women's and men's national teams uh, for this upcoming year? Yeah, I, I'm not sure if we covered it. Um, yeah, I think um, – I think the men are a really good position. Um, obviously, Gio Reyna has been hurt for a while, so they really haven't had their number one attack. And there's a little bit of, um, dare I say, turnover, a little bit of controversy in their back line. But once they get all that sorted, I think the U.S. will be in a really good position. And they will move on comfortably um, to uh, to the World Cup in Qatar. Uh, what's going to be interesting is where Canada and Mexico end up. Um the top four in the um, octagonal have really separated themselves as Panama, Mexico, um, the U.S. and Canada. Uh, how they finish is going to be very interesting. They're all very close. Mexico is tied with Panama at 15 points, uh, or at 14. 14 points. The U.S. has 15, and, and uh, Canada has 16. It's all close. It's anybody's game, and any any bit of results can kind of go any way. It's going to be interesting. Um, I know the U.S. has announced their qualifiers against. Uh, uh, I guess they have Mexico. No, they've played. They played Mexico. They beat Mexico. But the qualifiers that are coming up, they get uh, El Salvador on the El Salvador seventh and Panama here, right? Which is why uh, they want to be further up north. Well, anyway, they're going to they be in, play Canada on the thirtieth, which is why they really wanted to do it. They play Panama. Right. Honduras at home yeah. in a three-day cycle. Yeah, it's a three-match cycle. So you got uh, USA versus El Salvador on the twenty-seventh, right? The thirtieth uh, against at Canada, and then yep. home in on Hamilton. the second against in yep. Honduras. Right. Uh, one of those is in Minnesota, and one of those is in Ohio, and then the other is in uh, Ontario, Hamilton, Ontario, which is right across the lake. Um, all within a 30-minute to an hour flight, which is kind of the point. Is like, right. Most of the players are going to come from Europe. You want to keep everyone together at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's all going to be frozen games, so that'll be interesting. Um, but like I said, they're in a good position, so we'll see how they finish out. Uh, women's? We'll see. Um, I know they they beat uh, the Matildas and they drew the Matildas, um, even with the more youthful team. In Australia. So in, in Australia, exactly. So we'll see how they um, end up qualifying. There's still going to be so much evolution in that U.S. women's men's, uh, women's national team that it's going to be very interesting to see how that all shakes out. Um, 
obviously Chris and press is going to be there. Um, and, uh, Rose Lavelle is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Lindsay Horan's probably going to be there. Lindsay Horan. Congratulations, by the way, just won the, um, U S women's national team player of the year. Um, so man, we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, for sure. It'll be exciting. It's going to be a fun year in 2022 for mm-hmm. us soccer all over the place. Rafa, quick thoughts on Mexico and their upcoming. They've got uh, Jamaica uh, um, on the road, in then home to Costa Rica, and then home to Panama on the next three set here. Your, your thoughts on through there, that that uh, Panama match seems like it could be a, a, a pretty big one. Yeah, I think if they can get just points in, in Jamaica, it'll be fine. I, c- I can live with a tie there. If you could, the big thing is knocking off Panama. If you beat Panama, pretty much like the you you win the the series because they did go down there at the time. If you could, if you can knock them off there at the Azteca, and now you kind of distance yourself. Well, you know, with Panama, you have the tiebreaker, and then you should have. I think they should have no problem on the on the the, the third game too. There, I think this time, I think he's really going to put some of the younger players in, and because uh, he's a uh, he's feeling the heat because. You know, as far as you know, as far as changing coaches, I don't think it's the ideal time to do it. But if they do pull the trigger, um, if they uh, look at a uh, Tuka Ferretti probably taking over the team, or or, or Mohamed from Monterey, formerly from Monterey, he could be another one. And uh, out of the blue, there's been little speculations that uh, Santiago Solari, his name has come up. From Club America, as far as taking over the Mexican national team, so and yeah, James they, without, S. James without S. Fans, to, are, are they without fans? I think yeah, so. For, for using the for using the word that they don't need to say anymore, the infamous chant because they can't stop. Because well, actually, dumb. you know, who's the you know who's really to blame for that? And I, and I, I'm and just to bring that up, it's more of the fans here in the United the, States. The people than, saying it. <laughs> Yeah, well, the well, the fans here in the United States—they're in Mexico. They've they've pretty much even illegal MX games. You don't hear it anymore at any of the stadiums. And the the Mexico fans in Mexico have you know they're very mindful of that. But the problem is when they play the games here, right? It doesn't affect. If I'm a Mexico fan here in it's the U.S. The freedoms of Americans. It doesn't affect them because. It's it's not you know I'm I'm not playing the games in Mexico and so forth. Right. So that's I, I, I will say as a, as a quick aside the uh, the playoffs um, for the um, Clausura um, insane that was bonkers um, Atlas and uh, uh, Leon. <laughs> yeah, congrats to Atlas fans. Uh, Seventy years of no championships and you finally win one. But man, that both legs were just insane. Insane fighting, everything you want. People throwing crap, everything you want in a fight. One coach losing his mind, Piojo, just a yeah, big big sigh. And then and then the other coach, uh, the Argentinian coach, just kind of sitting there, just taking it all in and like, okay, yeah, this is happening. This is fine. I'm okay with all this. So, and then they win. So there you go. Piojo sucks. So there's a there's a uh, comment. Uh, Jimmy Lozano was blackballed and he's not allowed to coach any Liga MX after leading Mexico to bronze at Olympic. He was a front runner to replace Tata. Any yeah, thoughts on that? That's true. That's true. And I, I think, you know, if you are going to make a change, Jimmy Lozano should, you know, 
be afraid of, you know, because Tata has a pedigree. He's got the experience and so forth because he knows the Liga MX players. But Jimmy Lozano's, I think he's earned the shot to, if he's going to replace Tata, he's earned the shot because of what he did in the bronze. But uh, there's just too much politics as far as with the, you know, with the Liga MX owners. They have too much power as far as picking the coaches. I think the federation should rely on them. Like they, they should do the decision then having all the owners of all the club Mexican in the Liga Mekis clubs to make the decision for them. So that thing that needs to change. They don't have that problem here in the U.S. because U.S. soccer does take care of that. But, you know, I think, like I said, I, I like to see Jim Lozano get an opportunity in the future because I think he'll do good things with, with that program. We're, I got a surprise here for you, t- for the three of you. I'm going to start with you, Jonathan. Italy, Portugal, who gets in? <laughs> I'm going to have to, this might be my bias as a Manchester City fan showing here. Uh, Roberto Mancini brought us our first Premier League title ever, first uh, league championship in 44 years. I'm going with his guys. I mean, they're also reigning um, Euro- European Euro- champions. Euro so champions, yeah. It would be it would be a real shock for them to not make it. I, I know they're going up against... Well, it's Portugal. a shock that they're in this position. Yeah, yeah. That's UFO right there. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, uh, you've already had that one scare, I would think, if either of those That would be back-to-back back World together. Cups that Italy misses. Yeah? It would, yeah. When, speaking of, sorry, shout out to uh, Roberto Mancini's um, infamous striker there in the 2020 uh, uh, Premier League Championship. Shout out to Sergio Aguero um, having to retire because of health reasons. I will never forget where I was uh, watching that game here and just like really Man United is going to do it again and then just out of nowhere, Aguero. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Continue. Sorry. Your thoughts, Royce? Uh, Italy, Portugal? Uh, evil never dies, Portugal. Rafa? How, how could you go against Ronaldo? I, I think that this evil is never the, dies, Portugal. This is, this is, this is, these are the type of games that he like is foaming to the like. My heart says Italy because Italy is a, a more complete team, but when you have Ronaldo and he's he he just takes it up another level as far as those type of games and you know I think they have the edge, but it, it just sucks that UEFA did this and. Now even they're even doing that with even with the Nations League. Now they're going to invite uh, common ball teams in the League of Nations tournament. So uh, I, we'll I don't know. The, for, we'll save that for another show. Yeah, here, but, yeah exactly. Uh, that's that's. They should have put Ukraine. They should have put Ukraine in this group and vice versa. But, but uh, to me, I'm shocked. You know, not to go re- relive the Champions League draw here. I am shocked that Italy and Portugal are, are playing. Um, they they didn't win their group. That's what it comes down to. They didn't take care of the job they, they needed to, they and now they're in this group. position. They didn't do any favors for Daddy Florentino too with a yeah, with just, a driven PSG. So I, I'm I'm gonna go with Jonathan and and say Italy. I just I just I can't see them missing two World Cups in a row. Let me let me clarify. Let me clarify, man. How can you imagine that precipitous drop for Portugal winning the Euro? 
doing crap in the World Cup, not making the World Cup, and doing crap in the Euro in, in that Euro. That's that's a crazy drop. But I will say, I hope it's Italy. I really do. I prefer them a better team. It'll be a better on the field. That I think is going to be Portugal. My head says they're going to. I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it. Ronaldo hand of God goal. Ronaldo hand of God goal. VAR misses it somehow. That's how it's going to go. That's how it's going to go. Well, well, VAR missed the straight. Evil never dies. VAR missed what the straight red uh, Harry Kane tackle today. So VAR is VAR. And they also missed uh, Salah with an obvious handball uh, for the goal that gave them uh, Liverpool the lead. But I mean, VAR never. Two facts. VAR never works against Liverpool because it's Liverpool. Everybody knows that. <laughs> and number two, Andy Robertson, that clear red card that they that they try to give him a yellow card for first and then finally give him the red. First Liverpool player in over two years to be sent off with a straight red. Yeah, there's something fishy going on there because that everybody gets a red for some reason. It's not Liverpool aren't the cleanest team in the world. Jonathan... Fishy. Fishy. SAFC, you know, uh, since you get paid the big bucks through the Striker Texas, uh, your thoughts on this upcoming year for SAFC? And I know it's hard because you've got two players, three players, four players possibly. Uh, your thoughts on SAFC? And then I'll also add in the uh, the caveat of Jose Gallegos, Europe. And if you could pick the spot in Europe, where would you send him to? Yes. Yeah, so uh, first of all, I, I think we're up to six players by my count now that are uh, at least under contract for next year. Um, SAFC did announce the four on Thursday. Uh, oh, that's right, Ollie, Leo, Ollie Wright. It, it yeah. was it was written that uh, when he signed with SAFC, it someone a. A reputable source that I'm not going to mention because I don't want SAFC to try and, you know, get rid of this information. But uh, they were saying it was a two-year contract. And I was like, thank you for giving us actual, you know, length here. Because yeah. uh, SAFC will never say that. Um, so, yeah. That, so you got those, five, yeah. Ali, yeah, Leo, uh, Santiago, Justin, and Jose, uh, based on your article. Yeah. Um, and so with... With Dylan and Patino, um, the way, and, and Harry and I were kind of talking about this, the way they worded it almost makes it sound like they were already under contract for this year. I think that yeah. was probably the case for all four of them. So uh, if so, you know, th- there you go for all the SAFC fans saying you need to sign these guys to multi-year contracts. Well, that would be me. That's at least <laughs> two years for, for all of those. Um, and you expect it with Torres and Gallegos because they're younger players and stuff. Yeah. I, I even wrote about Academy this earlier products. this year. Yeah, SAFC is more willing to announce those multi-year deals when it's younger guys because there's a long-term view there. Um, but yeah, as far as Torres and Gallegos, though... Um, We'll see if they stick around. You know, I I think I even tweeted out this might be SAFC sort of getting uh, uh, double dipping in a sense mm-hmm. where they get the goodwill of, hey, we've re-signed these local talented young midfielders. And then, hey, we are saying goodbye to these <laughs> talented young midfielders. Um, <laughs> with, with Leo, I, I mean, for whatever reason he never really was able to get much of a chance with SAFC. And then uh, 
real monarchs brought him in and from what they were saying it sounds like they've had their eye on him and they're kind of interested in him so it'd be interesting to see if maybe leo goes ahead and makes the jump there um if so i think everyone would wish him well you know no one's it's not as far as we can think of it's not really his fault that he hasn't gotten as much of a chance at safc and then with jose um I I don't know if there's necessarily a place where I'd like him to land. Um, I, I just, I don't want to see him. I, I don't want to say I don't want to see him next year because obviously we don't love that. But I worry that maybe it, it isn't, that he needs to go ahead and take that step up. That it's, 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 it's not going to be good to stick around. It's a goodwill hunting thing. Whenever, it sounds like a jerk thing to say, but... That when I wake up and I don't see you, I'm going to be excited because I know that you moved on to bigger, better things. It's a goodwill hunting thing. It, it's it's that speech. Um, that that's exactly it. Um, and I think a big thing with re, with announcing that you resign, resigned, or extended, whatever you want to say, Leo and Jose, is because they don't want to make the same mistake they made with Pirano, um, and they definitely want to capitalize on their transfers. Um, who knows where they go? Um, I, I just want them to be successful. I want them both to go somewhere. If they go somewhere that builds on their career where they can continue to have, I don't want them to go somewhere big and then just get loaned out all the time or go somewhere big and then just sit on the bench the whole time. I want them to go somewhere where they can continue their development. Not even to and, a bunk. Uh, was it a Bungalisa team? The, the German league? Bundesliga. Bundesliga. I can't. Bundesliga. I think it's Going to Bundes means federal and Liga is league, the federal league. Bundesliga for like for a case for Gallegos, I think he's better off going either to to Holland or Portugal. Uh, those are the two areas that they really yeah. know how to develop players. Yeah, they go, end up going to the big teams. Yeah, you can say a little bit of maybe the Bundesliga third, but you know, Holland, Holland's probably the place to go to, and then right behind yeah. is Portugal. Or maybe the Belgian leagues as well, because the Belgian leagues are known as an offensive league. They went broke for everything, Brian. So, well, the pro he was on a good team and he was on a good trajectory. It's just the pandemic hit and that team ran it. They went declared bankruptcy. I mean, what are you going to do about that? I think his team actually so. got relegated technically, and then no, broke. no. Um, what I'm saying is he was in a good. Okay, let me let me reiterate yeah, what you, I was trying you to said say. Good team, and I was like, not quite. He was in a good position to get playing time, which he did, but the the team went under before all of that came to fruition. He was on a trajectory, and then he got loaned out or whatever. But yeah, no, they got relegated to the C. I don't know what the. Whatever. Eredivisie? No, Eredivisie is Dutch. Anyway, continue. I'm not going to try to do that. Final thoughts, because we're getting close to two hours. Uh, yep. Which is and my kid now. is falling asleep. So, yeah, definitely need to go. Final thoughts. We'll start with you, Jonathan. Any final thoughts that you have uh, with Christmas and the New Year's uh, coming up here? Because this is most likely going to be the last episode unless Rafa and I decide to do a high school uh, preview before the third. Right. Um. I, I think with the holidays coming up uh, very, very quickly uh, within, you know, a week now, um, enjoy time with family and friends. Uh, be safe, though. Uh, definitely. I, I hate that we still have to add that caveat, but we're we're not through this yet. Um, so uh, just, again, be safe, be smart, um, be mindful of other people. I, I know we 
for one side of my family, um, we're requiring that everyone be vaccinated because there is someone who I believe just can't get the vaccine. So just uh, respect other people um, and obviously cherish their presence. And in terms of how this kind of maybe ties back into soccer, um, take a breath, enjoy relaxation now because we haven't heard anything about when the USL season is going to be starting, but MLS is starting in what, mid to late February? And and so USL, I would expect March, very early uh, April. I've heard heard it's March 11th, March 15th timeframe. There you uh, go. When um, New Mexico announced announced their coach, he let it slip um, at that point. So it's going to be early to mid-March when they kick out. Um, Schedule was actually supposed to already been out with the exception of uh, Oklahoma City at the last minute happened to pull out for – uh, Taft State historic Taft Stadium uh, being under modifications. Although, if you listen to Energy fans, sounds like it might be a little bit uh, something else going on, but uh, we won't get into that. Uh, Royce, uh, your final thoughts so that way you can head and, and take care of uh, the little man. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, piggybacking off of Jonathan, that's kind of where I was going to go. Is it's not over. Um, get your shots. It, there's clear evidence that. And I mean, even if you look at how the leagues are reacting um, with COVID um, in in the NBA, in the NFL, in the NHL, if you test positive, if you get two negative tests within a day, the day after you test positive, you can go back. You're fine um, as long as you're vaccinated. If you're not, you're out the mandatory 10 days no matter what. So even sports leagues. Talking to their doctors, know that if you're vaccinated, you're at a much less um, position to get sick or get others sick. So, I mean, get, get vaccinated. That's that's the main thing. Um, definitely cherish your families. I know I'm going to see my dad after like a year and a half without seeing him, uh, almost two years. That sucks. It's bad. It's terrible. But I'm looking forward to seeing him. Um, um, and at the same rate. And here's, here's a fun stat um, that I had lined up as far as, um, as, far as what leagues are doing um, with, uh, with COVID, even with the uh, Omicron variant. Let me uh, take two seconds to find it. Here we go. Serie A has 98% of players double vaccinated. League Un has 95% of players double vaccinated. Bundesliga, 94. La Liga, 90 plus percent. Premier League, Less than 70% of their players are double vaccinated. And guess which league is having to cancel games because of rampant problems with COVID? The Premier League, the one with less vaccinations. Please get vaccinated for you, so for your family, for everybody else. And Rafa, you're, I guess you're... that's, but but to finish it up, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, everybody. Um, let's go into 2022. Let's make it better. Let's make it better together. Rafa, you're being nominated uh, for the Texas A&M, or probably not Texas A&M, A&M San Antonio uh, head position. I'm getting you promoted all, all the way up to Texas A&M here. Uh, they gave me a good salary, maybe. We'll see. Second of all, it won't work. I just want to, before I start, I just want to thank my coworkers at UHV. Uh, I was given Employee of the Month in October. So, thank you, guys. Time coming. <laughs> but I just want to thank my UHV family for voting for me for that. And then my final thoughts. Um, uh, it's been, it's been a crazy year. 
uh, well, especially for me on the personal side, losing mm-hmm. um, someone that coached me as a kid for soccer, then inspired me to go into coaching. And, and that was my motivation is I always wanted him, me to be better than him. And, and even when I coached high school, even the club, you know, he, my dad went to a lot of those games and, and, you know, just, just talking about all all the success I've done. And he he would brag about, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody over there back in Del Rio, just the success I was, you know, I did. And, you know, he, he keeps up. I remember tell me, you know, you're the best, you know, best soccer coach to come out of Del Rio. You know, that, that meant a lot to me, you know, and, and I miss him a lot. And just like I said, just hold your families tight. You know, you know, you never know what can happen and, you know, get vaccinated or, or anything, you know, you know, just spend quality time with your family. And, but I, I want to thank you guys. You know, you guys are my family. And even through my hard time, you know, through the hard time that I went through, I appreciate it. I love you guys for that. And also the viewers out there too. And I just want to wish you guys a happy new, uh, Merry Christmas and a happy new year. And I look forward for 2022. It's going to be an exciting year, not only for high school, but SAFC and overall the sport of soccer. Cause we got the world, also the world cup coming up too at the end of the year. Yeah. So my final thought, uh, number one, I want to thank everybody that's tuned in, uh, Max over in Germany, James, uh, you know, the Crocketeers, uh, mission city Two Ten Alliance, uh, you know, everybody's tuned in Robert, uh, you know, like I said, I didn't see you peep in tonight, but you've peeped in a lot, Jonathan, all the guests that we've had on, uh, here, like I said here, you know, we don't get paid to do this show. We do the show, you know, because we love SAFC and we love uh, the soccer uh, in town, the, you know, the Athenians, you know, the high school, you know, Rafa's, you know, huge passions, the high school. And it's just kind of an outlet for that. So thank you for, you know, taking, you know, the, the few moments or hours out of your day, out of your week to, you know, listen to a podcast or watch it on YouTube. And, and hopefully we can continue to provide quality content um, to kind of, you know, um, in the show, and, and this is something that I've uh, hyped on uh, all year, uh, but especially this time of year, uh, things can be very tough. Um, unfortunately, suicides are very high at this time of year. Um, you know, just, you know, uh, just it is. Uh, so if you ever need any help, uh, like I said, you can always reach out to me, you know, I'm assuming Royce, Rafa, you know, if you need to DM us, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll be more than happy to talk to you. I'm assuming Jonathan would do the same thing. Uh, but you know, if you need professional help, you know, national suicide prevention lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Uh, like I said here, just reach out to somebody, you know, like I said here, you know, uh, having, having lost, uh, some friends and family members, uh, due to suicide here, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a topic I've kind of harped on, you know, we've, you know, you know, we've talked about coronavirus and the viruses all along for that here. But uh, do want to thank everybody here. Uh, Roth and I'll probably be back with high school, uh, maybe right after, right around the after the first of the year, possibly. Um, if not, it'll be after that first week uh, of action that that kicks off. Uh, I think the January third. That's um, right here. Uh, but uh, <sighs> hope everybody has a wonderful holiday season, Christmas, New Year's. Be safe. Uh, don't be stupid and drink and drive, uh, you know, you know, you know, uh, just, just be safe and, and be smart. 
Um, but what's life without goals? We're out of here and uh, see you in 2022. See you.